Thanks to ZocDoc for supporting the Apple Bits XL. ZocDoc is the only free app that lets you find and book doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, and are available when you need them, and treat almost every condition under the sun. Go to ZocDoc.com slash AppleBits and download the ZocDoc app to sign up for free and book a top-rated doctor. All right, everybody, let's get to the show! Oh yeah! What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. It's the Apple Bits XL. Brian Tong here, your host, doing the most for everything good and bad inside the world of Apple. Welcome, everybody. Look, I am fresh out of CES 2023. That is the Super Bowl, the World Cup of technology held in Las Vegas. So, yeah, I had to kind of take a breather. That's why the show is happening when it is now. We will have another episode later this week, but it was incredible to see all the companies from around the world and all the innovation that they brought to the table. I was the host for CES 2023. This is my third year in a row doing it. So it was an honor. But I mean, there were so many things that when you walk around the show floor, whether it was vehicles, cars, boats, cameras, displays, TVs, uh, it's overwhelming. You know, startups, there's like a speaker that allows you to touch like communicate through someone through touch that was therapeutic, but it was incredible. Um, just so many amazing things, big and small, that also kind of gives you a bigger perspective of what's happening. And really, you know, there's a lot of indicators of what Apple needs to do and what it needs to focus on or what competition is coming for them and, and what's out there in the landscape. So it was incredible, but let's get to the show. And look, CES just wrapped up. I was a little beat and tired. That's why the podcast is a little late. We will have another episode coming later in the week. But once CES wrapped up, oh, there was a whole lot of Apple news. Mark Gurman from Bloomberg basically dropped his, I, I would almost argue to call it his state of the union for Apple based on his reporting, based on, on his information and sources of what to expect this year in 2023. So we're going to go through all of that and touch on a few different things, but I think the big story right now, although the iPhone 15 was a lot of the focus or are part of one of the big focuses of that report, we just got a report just today that Apple is reportedly working on touchscreen Macs, including a MacBook Pro. I repeat, Apple is working on touchscreen Macs. This would be fundamentally against what they have done for years and years, even back to the Steve Jobs era. I mean, this is something that I've been asking for for a long time, just basic touch, scrolling, pinching and zooming, um, and then maybe double tapping to launch apps, just some basic, basic multi-touch. We don't have to get all crazy with the gestures. We don't have to add uh, any complexity, but just the type of stuff that you're used to doing, like tapping on things, on links, Pinching and zooming on photos, scrolling up and down on websites. How many of you have actually reached out on your laptop in the past, let's say, six months or so? I'm sure a lot of you have. Just accidentally, your brain, because we touch so many screens, you just kind of, especially if you have an iPad, you just reach out and you're like, oh, oh, oh man, it doesn't, it's not a touch screen. Some people are going to complain, oh, I'll get fingerprints all over it. Yes, you also have fingerprints all over your iPad. It doesn't stop you from using it. So um, this is a report from Bloomberg's Mark Gurman that claims a new MacBook Pro that is in development and it is being tested or at least uh, being thrown around 
with an OLED display could be the first touchscreen Mac in 2025. Apple's actively engaged in the project, according to the report, and Apple is seriously considering producing touchscreen Macs. I think when you look at what's happening at CES 2023, OLED is everywhere, specifically in laptops and displays. Apple doesn't have that right now. And this would be coming out for Apple in 2025. There's been reports and rumors that Apple may release uh, some sort of a Mac with an OLED display, maybe as early as 2024, not anytime this year at least. Um, But this first touchscreen Mac would be most likely to use Mac OS. Uh, It wouldn't be a merging of iPad and Mac OS. This is exactly what I've been saying. Just have Mac OS, put a touch layer on it, and just have it do a few things. Pinch and zoom photos touch on links, scroll up on down to websites, and maybe tap to launch apps. You don't really need much more than that to give it a little more oomph. So again, historically, Apple's repeatedly like said, no, we're not going to do this. We're not going to do this. Uh, Steve Jobs even said, there's a quote from back in like 2010, that touch surfaces don't want to be vertical. And that would be due to arm fatigue. It's not like we'd be doing this all the time. I just think once in a while, just to have it. And you see a lot of these new foldable products. You see amazing like OLED 3D screens from Asus. You see Razer doing a 16-inch and an 18-inch OLED laptop, like a basically a desktop replacement for gaming. Apple needs to step up their game. And even saying 2025, I mean, we're in 2023. We're talking about a year or two later to even get OLED on an Apple laptop. I know Apple trails, but whew, if they're trying to win any uh, gamers over, they're definitely not. I, there's nothing that shows me Apple's trajectory is still even remotely focusing or remotely caring about gaming anytime soon. So touchscreen Max could be coming as early as 2025. Now, Ming-Chi Kuo had first recently reported that the first MacBook with an OLED display would launch as early as next year, potentially the end of 2024. So you have this blurred line of 2024 to 2025. That could happen. Reports said that from display analyst Ra Sheng that Apple had actually planned to introduce a new 13-inch MacBook Air with an OLED in 2024, and he expects Apple to release new 11-inch and 13-inch iPad Pro models with OLED displays in 2024 as well. So OLED, it's about time. Deeper blacks, better contrasts, more vibrant colors, brighter screens, uh, everything about OLED, also a thinner material, so these laptops can be slightly thinner as well. Now, there's still also the issue of these this 15-inch MacBook Air rumor for 2023. Now, I have been a big proponent of it. I broke it down in a recent video right before CES. I mean, I have like, if you all want to check out what happened at CES, I think I posted something like around seven or eight videos uh, thanks to the help of the CES crew, they let me actually put my stuff that I did with them that's normally behind the paywall uh, out on my YouTube channel, which was incredible. So you all can see that. And there's a lot of great stuff in there. And you, if you can tell, I had a lot of fun. But Apple's planning to release a larger 15-inch MacBook Air this year. Uh, the previously rumored 12-inch MacBook with Apple Silicon no longer expected. But again, right now, if you look at Apple's product lineup, an M2 MacBook Air. Entry uh, base model starts at $1,199. The next available laptop would be a 14-inch MacBook Pro 
at $19.99. That's an $800 gap. If Apple drops a 15-inch MacBook Air, it goes right between those two. I would guess they're going to price it at $15.99 starting right in the middle. It would have a 15-inch display. It would be super thin. I would love to take this on the go with me if I don't have to do any work, just emails and web surfing. It, If the M2 MacBook Air last year was what I touted as the Mac of the year, I think this 15-inch MacBook Air, larger screen, will arguably be, the again, their Mac of the year. It's just such a consumer-friendly larger screen laptop it it might actually be the m2 macbook air again um but this larger 15 inch larger 15 inch one uh could maybe take a slice of the pie the more i think about it hmm, maybe it would just still be the m2 macbook air but that's all in play now according to mark german so we have all these these new macbook air you know rumblings but we also got it we also got to get back to the heart of what everyone cares about in the apple world the iPhone 15. So the latest reports, kind of the update. Again, I told you, Mark Gurman dropped like the state of the union. According to the sources and reports, I mean, uh, I would feel like 70% of the stuff in this episode is from him. And then you got Ming-Chi Kuo and Ra Xiong and a couple other outlets filling in the blanks. Apple, according to him, Apple is planning to expand the dynamic island to all four iPhone 15 models launching later this year. So the iPhone 15 lineup would still keep the same four sizes of screens as the iPhone 14. So that would be a 6.1-inch iPhone 15, a 6.7-inch iPhone 15 Plus, a 6.1-inch iPhone 15 Pro, and a 6.7-inch iPhone 15 Pro Max, which potentially might end up being called the iPhone 15 Ultra, depending on if they really want to differentiate it. Maybe it's the only iPhone that gets that special periscope camera to finally give them at least a minimum 5x optical zoom even though samsung has a 10x optical zoom with their periscope camera we'll see uh by the way samsung also announced that they will be having a samsung unpacked event on february 1st so we can expect to see the new s23 ultra to see what they're doing with that phone which has been that's 22 was incredible it was one of my favorite phones last year easily it was so nice you know, I'm in the ecosystem, but outside the ecosystem, that phone was definitely top of my list. Um, but the Dynamic Island, which is still the, still hasn't really earned its stripes. You know, you heard on our last podcast, Marquez and I, we talked about, you know, what feature was underwhelming and maybe was hyped up but didn't translate to consumers. And I think it's safe to say the Dynamic Island, I think it is still cool, but it hasn't really reach its full potential. It doesn't feel as living and as organic as the trailers and what has been promised. And we're starting to see more apps roll out. Like I love how with, at least with um, my Apple TV, that sports teams that I follow, their sports scores are showing up and it does make it feel more active. But, you know, we're still waiting for more apps to jump on board. But the Dynamic Island will be coming to all four iPhone 15 models. The iPhone 15 is also expected to get a USB-C port instead of Lightning, and that's with the latest, you know, with the latest European rules to essentially push Apple to say, "Hey, get on board." USB-C is the general, universally adopted standard, and also it it transfers data faster than Lightning. Also, the iPhone 15 Pro models will feature a titanium frame, 
with haptic volume buttons. So instead of having physically moving buttons, they're going to put these two taptic engines inside that would simulate the feeling of buttons being pressed, similar to how the uh, iPhone SE's home button and newer trackpad, MacBook trackpads work right when you physically touch it. It feels like a click, but it's actually not a click. And these are all you know, kind of rumors that we've heard, but they're all kind of coming together. And that titanium frame hopefully will reduce some of the weight on the iPhone because it is getting a little heavy. Ray Wong's been on our show, and he talk, we talk about it all the time. A rumor that's being thrown out there, don't necessarily jump to conclusions and believe it right away. iPhone 15 Pro models rumored to be more expensive. We've actually heard rumors like this year for the past, I think, year and a half or two, but the iPhone 14 never went up in price. Will the iPhone 15 stay the same or will it go up in price? We'll see, but that's just a rumor that's being thrown out. So I don't want to get get everyone all like worried about it. Now, if we go <laughs> future, future looking, I get, I'll do it. iPhone 16 Pro, according to the ELEC, a Korean language, Korean news outlet that is, you know, put out rumors there before as well. The iPhone 16 Pro, which would be in 2024, is rumored to feature an under-display Face ID camera. So the Apple would actually move the components required for Face ID directly now under the phone's display. But then when not in use, you still get that true depth camera for Face ID. It's believed to still be like a little circle pinhole, which we've seen on plenty of phones before. But the dynamic island would also form and take shape. I think what's interesting about this is how much they can reduce the true depth camera. And will it be reduced enough in size where we will be able to fit more information on that dynamic island? Because... With the whole camera array, you really only get information on the right and the left side, and there's still a big gap. Uh, So it's nice, but the day that we could fill that whole thing, even with like stock tickers, news tickers, that'd be really cool. But uh, we're not there yet. Does that really get me going? Is it going to determine whether I buy a new phone or not? No, you know, I do upgrade my phone every year just from the fact of reviewing it. But iPhone 16 Pro, rumored to feature under display. Face ID, just just a rumor. Also being thrown out there, the next major update for the iPhone, which would be iOS 17, according to reports and Bloomberg's Mark Gurman, could be less significant of an update than Apple was originally hoping because all of Apple's engineers, not all, but many of Apple's engineers are right now and have been for, you could arguably say the past year, year and a half or so, they're heavily focused on the upcoming Apple AR VR headset. Now, it's expected to be using an operating system called XROS for several years. And XR is like the mixed reality, augmented reality, and virtual reality. And this headset is expected to launch sometime in 2023. I mean, all signs are pointing to this year, Apple will release their headset. And according to the reports, Apple's engineers have been focusing less on other OSs and more on this XR OS to get it up to snuff and ready to roll with Apple's new headset, which is expected to come out sometime this year. Uh, some people are pointing it towards spring. We'll see. Now, this AR VR headset is likely to be named Reality Pro. That name has been floated out for a long time, and it's expected to be announced during an event this spring before WWDC. 
Now, WWDC is held in June, or what some people affectionately call it, Dub Dub. And the current plan for Apple is to announce the headset during this spring event, according to Mark Gurman, before WWDC. Then it'll allow developers to be introduced to the OS at WWDC before then shipping this in fall, okay? So the process would be, hey, announce it. They're already working, rumored to be working with some high-profile developers right now on current experiences and apps. We talked about this for a while. John Favreau, great director, happy in Iron Man and Spider-Man of MC franchises, but director as well, the director of Iron Man that started the entire, that kicked off the entire MCU. I mean, he basically said they kind of had a script, but they were kind of going off in different directions while they were filming it. Like it was very in the moment put together, but they had to do it. And without Iron Man, there is no MCU. Without John Favreau, there is no MCU. And obviously Favreau is now heading, um, helping head the whole rebirth of Star Wars streaming as well. So this new Apple Reality Pro headset is working to be this high-end, you know, niche product. And it's hard for me to get excited for people because I just don't know who's going to buy it if this thing is really going to be $1,500 or $2,000. I just feel like as someone who's looking at this, I definitely want to get my hands in it. I feel like if the fidelity, visual fidelity and quality is as sharp and clear as is, I'll be like, oh my gosh, that's awesome. That's the future. But I will not pay $2,000 for this, right? There's, It's going to be, you have to be really, really compelling. And we'll just see. I, I got to imagine nine out of 10 people that are listening. And most of you that are listening are pretty hardcore Apple fans in general. But nine out, of, or at least in the ethos, in the ecosystem, I've got to imagine, I'm not even going to say nine out of 10. I'm going to say 19 out of 20 people probably aren't going to buy the Apple headset that are listening right now. So this is the first product. Apple's expected to release a more consumer-friendly version of the headset in the next several years, but this is it. I, I just, I still haven't heard really gauged what your level of interest is. We'll see. All right, thanks again to ZocDoc for sponsoring the podcast. Hey, have you ever been stewing about a health problem that you have and you almost resort to texting your group chat to get your friends' opinions? Well, you're extremely unlikely to find quality medical advice in your group chat, but you can find it from a doctor on ZocDoc. Thousands of medical professionals on ZocDoc are there to help you. They listen like a friend and give you the expert care that you need. ZocDoc is the only free app that lets you find and book doctors who are patient-reviewed take your insurance, are available when you need them, and treat almost every condition under the sun. Surprise twist, they might work for some podcasts that build suspense and drama, but hey, maybe not for medical care. With ZocDoc, there are no alarms and no surprises. Choose from thousands of patient-reviewed doctors and specialists, browse doctor profiles, upload and verify your insurance information, and get the care you need. Go to ZocDoc.com slash AppleBits and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That is Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash AppleBits. ZocDoc.com slash AppleBits. All right, we keep on rolling. And if you're looking towards 2023 as a, you know, what what's next from Apple? Well, Apple is reportedly planning no major updates 
And when I think of the word major updates, it typically indicates to me redesigns. No major updates for its iPad, AirPods, Apple TV, or Apple Watch product lines in 2023, according to Bloomberg. Now, this is not really a surprise. We have the Apple Watch Ultra, which is an all-new Apple Watch that came out in 2022. We had AirPods Pro 2, which came out in 2022. The iPad is the iPad, and it doesn't really need a major redesign. I think everyone's waiting for maybe OLED on the iPad lineup right now. The Apple TV is the Apple TV. They stuffed in a new processor. They gave it some new software features. That's not going to change or have anything revolutionary happen. Maybe we see a rumored HomePod. I think that because if Apple's really putting all their focus on these glasses, the HomePod rebirth, as we say, maybe comes next year, like early next year. We'll see. But again, I I had seen some commentary where someone's like, oh, it's going to be, you know, a disappointing down year for Apple with products. I'm like, are you kidding me? Because just because it's not a new product in every product category doesn't mean it's going to be a down year. I just think there's, it's weird to me how there's this weird entitlement from some voices in the tech community of like, if they don't give you something to buy, oh, it's a down year. It's a lame product year. I'm just, I I just feel like calling it out because it's just so stupid. Guess what? There's people that don't buy products every year. There's people that need a new iPad that haven't upgraded in three or four years. There's someone who might want a new Apple Watch that hasn't upgraded in three or four years. So the whole thing is that these are going to be more incremental updates, maybe some speed spec performance boost, but nothing like a new redesign. There's been rumblings of AirPods Max coming out, and I, I just don't see that because A, Apple doesn't need to do a redesign. B, this year, this holiday season specifically was the first time where now when I go to an airport, I see tons of people wearing AirPods Max. And why is that? Well, that's because they put deep discounts and finally made it around $400, $429. That, that's that sweet spot of price point for headphones that people are willing to buy. They weren't $549. They were more like $399 and $429. There's so many more people actually wearing AirPods arguably the least comfortable headphones to wear on a long trip that I've ever worn, but they sound great, but I'm not wearing them on a plane trip. I don't even take them with me, except that one time where I took them to my mom's and dad's place, and then I lost them for like four months. But we won't talk about that. Anyways, don't expect any major updates for AirPods, Apple Watch, iPad, or Apple TV in 2023, and guess what? That's okay. Now, let's shift over to the Mac Pro. There's been a lot of rumblings that the Mac this year will be the year that we finally see the all-new Mac Pro. And according to reports, a new version of the Mac Pro running macOS 13.3 has been spotted online. And if you align what has happened historically, macOS 12.3 was released sometime in March. macOS 11.3 was released sometime in April. We're probably looking at a potential spring release for the new Mac Pro. So maybe spring release, spring event for the new Mac Pro. Now, the latest news also is that, according to Mark Gurman, the new Apple Silicon Mac Pro, the very first Apple Silicon-based Mac Pro, not Mac Studio, but Mac Pro, is expected to feature the same design, the same chassis, as the 2019 model with no 
user upgradable RAM. And if you're first going like, huh, what? Well, why is that? Well, for a moment, remember Apple manages memory on board with the chip. It's an integrated memory system. So there, it's not an expandable memory system, right? It's the all on chip architecture of Apple Silicon. But this product, although new, a new, right? It feels like, man, three, four years later, a new chip, a new Mac Pro, still expected to have the same model body design as 2019. Now, of course, we won't know until we know the Mac Pro is really more of a niche product for the serious high power user. I don't think the the fact that it doesn't get a new body is going to stop a true professional from buying this if they want the power that's inside. It's still going to be able to expand its storage. It's still going to be able to have graphics cards, media cards, networking cards. Um, it's just going to get the juice of the latest Apple chip processor. Now, we also know, we talked about in earlier episodes that Apple had actually canceled their plans to release this like super beast high-end model of the upcoming Mac Pro with a potential 48 CPU cores and 152 GPU cores because it was just too costly and even more niche than a Mac Pro already is. And so they asked that. Am I, do I, do, how about this? Does everyone want to see a new body cosmetically? Yeah, of course they do. But at the end of the day, a pro user just cares about the power and the performance more than they care about how this tower looks like under their desk that they never look at. Also, we know that Apple's continue to work and transition towards making more of their own parts and components and really control the, the actual manufacturing process of their products as much as possible. So starting in 2024, the latest report says that Apple plans to use its custom displays that they are designing in-house for their own mobile devices like the iPhone, like the Apple Watch, and shifting away from depending on manufacturers like LG Display and Samsung Display for providing those parts for their products and manufacturing. So they can they know exactly the timelines of when they when they'll have the proper parts. And also, I mean, who knows? They they most likely will that savings that they get from directly doing it, uh, they'll probably, I doubt they'll pass that on the consumer. They'll just keep their stuff priced typically the same, but they'll be making higher margins because that's the Apple way. But Apple's expected to transition to the first micro LED display that they do in-house with the Apple Watch Ultra at the end of 2024. And then gradually they'll move on for iPhones and iPads. So, Again, this is just to reduce their dependency on third-party component suppliers. This new micro-LED Apple Watch is rumored to launch either at the end of 2024 or sometime in 2025. There's conflicting reports, but you know this is going to take time to happen. But they're investing in this. I mean, we've seen already Apple investing in acquiring Intel for the majority of their smartphone business to build a modem for their phone. That still hasn't happened yet. They're still using a Qualcomm modem, but they're they're according to reports, they're looking to start doing that again around that 2024 time. Even reports said that Apple initially wanted to use its own modem chips as early as this year, but they're still going to continue to rely on Qualcomm because this stuff just isn't that easy. It's not as easy as you know. People on the outside are like, "Oh, just put a chip in." Yeah, it doesn't happen like that. 
Apple's also working on a Wi-Fi and Bluetooth chip that would replace the components that they're currently sourcing from Broadcom. And the ultimate goal is for them to build a chip that combines cellular, Wi-Fi, and Bluetooth all in a single component and control that entire piece and where it goes and what resources it uses and optimize it and hopefully give us even better battery life because they own the thing from start to finish. So we'll we'll see what happens. But Apple is trying to get rid of, you know, depending on Qualcomm. They're trying to get rid of depending on Broadcom. They're trying to get rid of depending on Samsung display and LG display. They will still need them in other capacities. I mean, they're business partners, but they want to do all the manufacturing and that that's the trajectory of their company in the next couple of years. So there you go, everybody. That's the latest that we have on Apple. I would just encourage you to check out all my videos from CES uh, on my YouTube channel. It was it was really amazing. And there's so much great stuff. I, I I couldn't even cover everything, but I covered a whole lot. I mean, I feel like I covered a lot more than most people because I was just out almost every day. Um, everything from startups to international companies to the big companies like Sony, LG, Samsung, TCL. You know, I call those the biggies. Not the biggie smalls, but those are the big boys, the big bigs. So just check it out. It was so much fun. And CES is back, I mean. It is back, and for people that didn't go, I hope you return in 2024, and hopefully I'll be doing it again in 2024. All right, that's going to do it for this episode. If you like what you see, tell a friend, hey, you know what? Even you can review the podcast. In fact, five-star review. I haven't actually asked for reviews in a long time because we get such good reviews. I think we're somewhere over 1,300 reviews. We have a 4.9-star average rating, which is incredible. I mean, I'm never going to complain about that. And before we go, big thanks to our Platinum Apple supporters at the $100 Platinum Apple level, Brandon Ledford, Gil Cabrera, Wesley Frader, Jarrett Lewis, Michael Gigliotti, and Atari Koenigsegg. Thank you for your incredible support. Thank you to all of you for your support. Moving forward into 2023, I'm so grateful and thankful, and y'all keep allowing me to do what I do. So that's going to do it for this week's show. We'll see you, honestly, in a few more days. Same bad time, same bad channel. It's the Apple Bits XL, baby. Take care. Peace. Peace.